0: Down and hello there all you Stay Tuners Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports It's your good friend Jimbo back to kick our, our week off, and quite some news breaking this past uh, week with some NCAA news as well as the NFL trade deadline uh, happening yesterday, Tuesday. We're recording today, Wednesday, because of Halloween uh, being on Thursday this week. That's normally when we record, but uh, you yeah, know, I gotta take my boys out for. They're candy, their candy, so me and the wife could eat it. But uh, hopefully you and your family and your kids have a, a safe Halloween as well. So, um, And hopefully you guys have been having a good week. I mean, so far, my week's not been too, too bad. Um, looking forward to UFC 244. But that will be for tomorrow to talk about that as well as some other things. So before we get into the show, head over to Twitter. Follow us at ST Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook, like and share our page there, as well as our, our YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to that. My playing this weekend before the UFC fight, and depending on how Notre Dame plays, because I tuned off halftime, I think, last week, that game was just atrocious. Uh, I'm going to try to get the YouTube channel back up to date with the, the videos and maybe, maybe, maybe start doing some live videos on there as well. But, yeah, as far as my sports teams this week so far, I only had the Eagles good to talk about. Last night, the the Flyers played the Penguins and talk about a steamroll. There, there's still a lot of issues with the uh, Flyers' defense, and I think that is the major glaring role of our, our team right now. It just seems like they don't know... They don't have trust in each other what the other one's going to do. So, after losing 7-1, we have the Devils Friday night. I already text King asked them, you know, it's the weekend. I'm off Saturday. What are we drinking, bleach or industrial bleach? Because both our teams are not looking too... Too good this uh, at this point of the season, but um, but yeah. So like I said earlier this week, NCAA came out and said officially that they are changing the rules on um, how they how they're going to pay their players in college. It Came out Tuesday that NCAA told their divisions to start figuring out ways that athletes can start getting paid as long as it's equal basically equal um, they could get paid for their names images and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model now I mean this has been an ongoing um, thing for I believe since May is when NCAA put this um, this committee together to look into how they could, how or if they should start paying college athletes. And a little bit after that is when the ball started to get rolling a little bit because of California passing their law saying that schools cannot penalize athletes for making money off of their you know, names, likeness, stuff like that. And I know everybody mostly well a lot of gamers are really excited about this, myself included, because this opens the door for NCAA football to come back by EA Sports, which they they have um there's a report from Bleacher Report saying that EA is definitely open to it. Uh, just have to figure out exactly what's going to go on first with uh, how players are going to get paid. Now, I know I said it's the college football game, but this ruling goes sports wide, not just football. Uh, you know, women's volleyball, women's basketball. You know, probably men's swimming, for all we know. Um still some hurdles going on Uh, like I said the, the committee's gotta figure out how they're gonna pay the the players and we probably won't see nothing I'm thinking until next year maybe like the first quarter of next year because how NCAA rules on things is their legislation uh, process runs from November to April once in a while you'll see them vote on you know probably a si- I mean s- possibly a situation like this may get like extradited or whatever you want to call it um, to get voted on but they would like to have the new rules in place by January. Of 2021, which means California's law that they passed uh, a couple uh, back in September is still sticking with how they ruled, and their their law will go into effect January of 2023. Now, myself. I've been for this. I've said I thought the players should get um, get paid. I mean, NCAA is a non-profit organization, quote-unquote, but come on. You know, someone's palms are, are getting greased. The schools are making money off of it, you know, with them going to the Chick- Chick-fil-A Bowl or the All-State Bowl or, what you know, the other 120,000 bowl games they have. They're all making the money. I understand these players get, you know, free rides, but what about the players that don't have a scholarship? You know, this this is a good way for them to make a little bit back. Now, the last time we talked about this on the show, um, our good friend, Shoulders, brought up a, a, a good scenario t- for this this fix, I guess, if you want to call it. He brought up about, you know, putting a cap first off of how much a player can make. And if, for instance, football, if they get drafted by the NFL after their rookie contract to get another, another deal, Whatever money they made in college goes back into a scholarship for another person, another kid. That's actually not a bad deal, I, I, I don't think. You know, the, the college athletes are still getting a chance to make money. And on the flip side, say someone like, yes, I'm pointing it out there, Mitch Trubisky, who is probably going to be out of the league in the next year or two we'll have that money to fall back on now maybe to take a step further as a fallback you know money when they they come into the NFL they cannot touch any of that money they made in college goes into a some type of fund and if for instance like a Mitch Trubisky who going to be out of the league in a year or two has that money to fall back on to become a a commentator or go back to school to um get the rest of his degree or whatnot so going back to the, the whole timing of everything california passed it in late september And I also, when I was reading up on some of the states looking into possibly getting their own bills passed, there was also um, a congressman in North Carolina who was hoping to propose his bill early next year to have an effect right around the time that NCAA wants their bill passed. NCAA also came out and did say that they do not want to have the rules like California has but California and the congressman from North Carolina did say if NCAA comes out with the fair rules of how to pay their players they may be open to adjusting their bills now, when California passed their bill, I did. I do remember seeing like five or six different states looking into and hoping to propose their own bills. I know Pennsylvania was one of them. <clears throat> um, Florida, I think, was a, a another another state. But I'm just my my only concern. And Herm Edwards brought this up. My only concern with how they set up the the rulings or you know, the pay scale or whatever is there shouldn't be no advantages to a California school compared to Alabama when it comes to recruiting. I'm curious to see how that's going to work out because let's be honest, I mean, there are going to still be some some kids that want to play to win the championships and rather rather go to a school to win a championship instead of you know a little bit more money or 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 whatever their reason would be but there are there are going to be athletes out there that want the money because they you know may not feel that they don't want to go to the NFL or Major League Baseball or NBA and just want to go to school, play their sport, make their money, get their degree, and work on their, you know, work on in their, their field. So there's really not much other, anything else to say about, it. like I said, I'm, this definitely does open the door up for EA Sports to jump back into this. To bring back college football, and here you know, here's a question that uh, Bailey Up Sports brought up. Uh, it was their uh, college football Twitter uh, page. If EA Sports does bring back NCAA football, who would you rather who would you want to see on the debut cover? And it was, um, I forget who, I think it was Thomas Black from The Blackout. Podcast, uh, who's part of the Belly Up Podcast Network, said each athlete from the years that NCAA didn't have the game should be on the cover, which the last game I believe was 2014. So you would go with four or five different athletes on that cover. And I could see, you know, EA making. A limited edition of each one even says you know you would have uh, Johnny Manziel on there or uh, Tim Tebow is already on one but uh, you know Kyler Murray on another one and then you get to choose which one you want to buy type deal I mean granted you'll be paying probably like 80 or 90 dollars for the limited edition ones but hey at least we would have our our NCAA football game back. Even though you know what I still like my maximum football game. I was playing a little bit last week and they're pretty good with doing their updates. You know the updates that they're doing with it. The the first update they did was uh helping out the constant roughing the passer and it was bad. But I played it this past weekend seems like it's fixed. They fixed some of the buttons I still think it's worth the 30 bucks. And I I think they could still produce the game even with NCAA possibly coming out because again, it's 30 bucks. Maybe you don't feel like spending the 60 on EA Sports until you see what exactly is you know new about it. So now before we go to a quick break, just to give you a little heads up, we're gonna come back. I'm gonna talk about the the surprise in the college football rankings. LSU is number one. Do you agree with it? Do I agree with it? Come back and find out. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jibo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts to give you your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming? Well, head over to BellyUpSports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family. I've been part of the BellyUp Sports family since February, and I'll tell you what—it's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out. And don't judge each other about what we put out there. So if you're interested, head over to BaileyUpSports.com. Send a message to the guys. We're looking for writers, editors, even podcasters. So again, that is BaileyUpSports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. And hey, welcome back, guys, from that quick little break there. So before I left for a break, I was talking just a little bit about the college football rankings that was released this past uh, Sunday, I believe is when I saw it. And we have a new number one team, LSU, flip-flopped with Alabama coming in at number two, followed up by Ohio State and Clems- uh, Clemson coming in at number four. Now, some I, I have a little bit of... Uh, issues with this like always Um, before I get into the issues some some stats about this about how close this race for number one number two all that really is so when they released the the rankings that LSU was number one and Alabama was number two LSU received 1,476 points which was two more than Alabama that's that's how close this, this race is. And these two teams actually play each other in two weeks. They're both off this week. So unless something ungodly drastic happens with the voters, it should be LSU one and Bama in Bama in two weeks. But the two-point difference is the closest since Florida State was number one over Auburn in 2014 to take it a step further Ohio State is only eight points behind LSU eight uh, eight points also was the is the fewest difference between uh, first and third since 1979 so really the college football playoffs, you know, rankings start to really look like what, like why they start this. You know, you're finally getting, I always felt it should be the best teams in there, no matter, you know, how many came from a conference or, um, the you know, the eye test, which is what they're, they're I would think they're basing it off of, you know, this time around. My only problem is, I watched a little bit of the LSU Auburn game. I never watched Bama because they don't play anybody. I mean, I watched them a little bit when they played Texas and A&M. Um, Ohio State, I watched about a half of that game, and I'll tell you what, man, they're they're a tough team. I mean, they're they're the defenseman uh, Chase Young, linebacker slash defensive end. He was just mauling people you know um running back would be two yards in front of him running back would do like a little jump step and before you know it chase young is, is taking him down had a couple uh forced fumbles a couple sacks i mean playing so well that he's actually in the heisman talks and the last time I can remember any type of defensive player in the talks would be, um, Jeez, I mean, how long, how long ago, Darren Woodson, Darren Woodson, maybe, I, you know, like it's, it's been so long since we had a defensive player, even in the talks, let alone be a finalist, which still some time, I mean, he could, hopefully he doesn't, but. Get hurt next week and be out for the year and just fall out of the, the the race. But the Heisman's always been a offensive player award, and I've always felt like that's that's not right. It should be the best player in the nation. And the way Chase Young is playing, you know, he, he he's just playing lights out. Now Clemson coming in number four, that surprised me because I think Clemson between Clemson and Alabama I think has a a little bit harder schedule again who did Alabama play they played Texas and m and then who else you know yes they have LSU on their schedule they haven't played them yet what happens if LSU blows them out 45 to 7. Do we pull the dense screen card and say they were who we thought they were? I mean, I know Alabama's not going to get blown out, but I'm just, just saying. I mean, I would expect, I really think how it should have went was LSU played Auburn. Yes, good game. Didn't blow them out, though. Ohio State was completely, completely dominant. I would have Ohio State, number one. LSU, number two. Clemson, number three. And Alabama, number four. And Penn State came in at number five. But they could make the argument to be number four over Alabama. I know I'm going to probably get shit for saying that. But that's my opinion. I watched a little bit of the Penn State game as well. And Franklin has those, those kids playing. They're they're believing in themselves and they're making plays. It's just. Yes, I know they played Michigan State and um But they also played some good teams as well. Not Citadel or whoever that first game was that they played. Now this next couple weeks I think we'll really see where Alabama is if they really are who we thought they were um but i was really surprised to see clemson number four and lsu number one that was my two big surprises i'm one i wonder what you guys feel about the rankings do you feel lsu should be number one do you feel alabama should be number two Do you agree with the rankings? So, maybe I know I said last week about Matthew Stafford, but I kind of got a little bit busy with uh, work, so I couldn't get a poll up. But maybe this week will be that will be our poll to see if you guys agree with the rankings, and if not, why? Who would you put where, and things like that? So, this past Tuesday, going moving on to some NFL talk. This past Tuesday. Was the NFL trade deadline. And boy oh boy. What a fizzle. I mean names were getting put out there left and right. Le'Veon Bell was out there. Jamal Adams was out there. Um, as far as my Eagles go. They were looking at Darius Slay. Who was out there. And the biggest name to get traded. Akib Talib. That's how bad... This trade deadline ended. And really he only got traded because the Rams were looking to open up some cap space. So they they traded him to the Miami Dolphins for like a fifth-round draft pick or something. And he's on he's on IR. This one I I don't know how this went through though, too, like. He's hurt. So how can you trade a player that's hurt? Yes, he's on IR eligible to return, which would be week 15. And by that point, I mean, the Dolphins are out of it completely now anyways. But... I wonder how the commissioner was okay with it. Now, the Rams did this. Like I said, they're trying to free up some cap space for next year to... To give Jalen Ramsey his extension. They traded Marcus Peters away to the Ravens last week. Who had a very good game um, for the Ravens. Watched him a little bit. I think he had two interceptions. I think one return for a touchdown. And he looked good. He looked, uh, looked like he, he wanted to be there. So they got rid of Marcus Peters, who's a little bit older. Hakeem Tlaib, who is, what, 30, 31 years old. Jalen Ramsey, who is 24. You know, obviously they're moving in that youth movement for their defense. We also had the New York Giants trade for the first ever time in franchise history with the New York Jets. They picked up Leonard Williams, who Eagles were also rumored to be interested in, picked him up for a third round pick and a fifth rounder in 2021. The fifth round pick for 2021 could move up to a fourth rounder if the Giants sign him to an extension before the start of that league year. Also, the Jets are paying $4 million of the $6 million remaining on Williams' contract. For the past couple seasons, Gettleman's been trying to upgrade that defense, uh, mostly the the interior line. And, you know, as as a football fan, not saying as an Eagle fan, but as a football fan, I think it's a good move. Yes, he's not the, the pass rusher that the Jets were hoping he would develop into, but he's a good run stopper. He obviously could step right in and and, and play. And for a third-round pick, and let's just say a fourth-round pick, because a player like that, you're probably not going to want walk unless he just completely goes to garbage. I don't think that's a bad trade for either team. You know, Williams, I think I saw, you know, they wasn't the, not in the Jets plan so might as well try to get something for him before he gets disgruntled and pulls out Jalen Ramsey or walks and you get nothing. Another trade that happened also that I I kinda liked was the Miami Dolphins trading Kenyon Drake to the Arizona Cardinals. The the report is that Miami will receive a twenty twenty sixth round pick that can become a fifth, depending on the conditions they agreed to. I like that because David Johnson, the past what two three years now, has been hurt. But even when he's healthy, I, I think Drake, with the speed he has, could uh, could complement David Johnson. Johnson to me is more of a, a power back. Could receive the ball. You know, he he has done that the past couple seasons. Maybe Dre could take a couple of those touches away to help take some of that wear and tear away from Johnson. Out of those three, who do I think is a winner and loser of this year's trade deadline? I mean, you got to think the Rams have to be the top winner. Jalen Ramsey... He'll fit good in that system. I don't think he would have fit good with Philly. So that's why I'm not upset about us not getting him. I am upset that Howie didn't trade for a corner period. You know, Darius Slay or even... I really was hoping for that Chris Harris from Denver. I thought he would be a good fit for Philly. But the Rams trading away old vets to free up cap space to re-sign Jalen Ramsey. You're gonna, he's going to probably sign at a minimum, a five-year deal probably, which would take him right to his 30 30, you know, 30 age which is right around the time you start seeing players tail off and also I think the winner is the 49ers I know I've been not believing in the undefeated 49ers but I'm starting to believe that they are who we thought they were they picked up Emmanuel Sanders from Denver, who I think is still good still a good ball player. Put him in that offense with Garoppolo and, and Kittle. And that offense should be better. Especially after you know Seattle making some good upgrades. Uh St. Louis, or I'm sorry, LA Rams making some upgrades there. My only thing I, I could see happening is they are this year's they are last year's Rams. They're gonna get to the playoffs, let's just say make it to the Super Bowl, and then just get steamrolled. Cause it feels like they're playing with no no pressure. They're just out there having fun until it's time to face the music of a Super Bowl and I think the youth is gonna finally catch up to them. Now, one of the losers, I think, from this past trade deadline is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, about two hours before the deadline came, was informed that he's being benched for the rookie, and Cincinnati could have got something for him. I mean, he's no Tom Brady, but he's not a... Baker Mayfield you look at the Bears how I just talked about Mitch Trubisky he's better than Mitch Trubisky they they have a good offense it's just they have no quarterback they have very good defense but if the offense can't stay on the field long enough to give your defensive break it's only a matter of time before they get wore, wore down so I really think the Bengals missed out on getting something for Andy Dalton next year he has an option on his contract, which the uh, the money's not guaranteed. So basically, he's going to be a free agent after after this year, and they're going to get nothing for him. Another loser. My Philadelphia Eagles. Like I just stated you know, about a minute ago, Harry Roseman. The only trade he made was to the Browns for uh, Avery, the linebacker, speed rusher who was a, a I believe, a fifth-round pick for the Browns. Um, We traded a fourth round in 2021. That's the only part of this trade I think made sense was you're not trading a draft pick for next year. You're trading one for the following year. And this kid coming out of college was already labeled as a developmental pass rusher. Now, can he step right in with this linebacking core and produce? We're not sure. We'll see. I watched a little bit of some of the tapes of him playing with the Browns. He does make plays, but sometimes he kind of gets lost. It looks like. So that could be the youth. That could be the raw talent. We'll see if uh, Mr. Schwartz can make his work his magic and get him to be another another weapon on that defense for us. So we played the Bills last week, and I was very impressed as a whole team. Um, defensive lines finally started to get some push, just like they did with the, the Jets game. Corners played better. And on top of that, going into this week and the next week or so, we get, we're get we getting Levante Maddox is back to practice. Uh, LeBlanc is should be coming off IR soon. Ronald Darby had a nice play. Offensively, we ran the ball. We finally, finally ran the ball. And all three backs combined were over 150, 200 yards combined. Jordan Howard had 97, 98. He was floating right around there for the last two minutes of the game. Um, Miles Sanders scored his first touchdown. Touchdown. 65 yard and I'll, I'll tell you what man when when he hit that corner he just put it in another gear. I, I never knew he was that quick and that was our recipe in 2017 when we went to super bowl we are a a hard nose running team and doug has to lean on that he has to lean on it deshaun jackson came back to practice uh today nothing official yet about him playing but I just hope that if we bring Deshaun back, Doug doesn't think, oh, we could pass 40, 50 times a game now. I don't know many teams that could win regularly with their quarterback throwing 35, 40 times a game. I love Wentz. I will always defend him. I think he's having a a good year. I don't think he should be taking some of the shit that some of the fans are giving him saying that he's the reason we're losing, but... The run game will set up those deep balls to, to, to Deshaun and Alshon and Ertz. We got to keep running the ball. We got to keep leaning on Jordan Howard. Give him his 15 touches a game. Give Sanders his five touches to five more catches a game. Now, he's a little banged up. The rumor is if he doesn't go, Darren Sproles should be coming back and, and pick up. That slack, so we're getting some players back. The one thing that does concern me is where's Ertz been though? You know, he he's, last year he broke the the receiving record for tight ends, and this is what I was afraid of coming into this year. He's just non-existent. He's catching two, three balls a game. With Deshaun out, you would, I really thought they would lean more on him in the passing game with him and Alshon I saw um, a stat line of the four leading receivers since Deshaun's been out Alshon has like 200 yards since week two Uh, Mac Hollins, no catches no yards same thing with JJ Nelson Aguilar 200 yards it's all our running backs in the passing game and Dallas catching a couple of them too so that's the other aspect of our offense I'm hoping to see us get back to is incorporating earth somehow a little more than than we are now passing the ball around a little bit more than than what we have been doing so we do play Chicago this Sunday at 1 o'clock I do expect a win I'm hoping the defense keeps playing better than last week, than the week before. Just keep getting better at the right time. Fletcher Cox seems like he's starting to come on. Let's lean on the running game. Let's pull this W out and get a a winning streak going here. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. Before you guys sign off, head over to Twitter follow us at ST Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook. Like and share our page there. As well as our YouTube uh, channel. Subscribe there. We are slowly getting to the point that we're going to start doing live videos. Live shows if you want to call it that. So I will be back tomorrow with a lot of UFC talk. uh, Big card this week. As well as Some Bellator news that I actually kind of like. So till then, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.